most awesome mission there is on the planet right now when you have so many people that are lost so many people man that have gone back into the world I had a young man yesterday I was talking with yesterday even for a couple of hours he was talking about the reason he left the church back when he left the church and, and it just amazed me and I was like Lord this is something you showed us a while ago why people are leaving the church and I could not agree with him and I could not disagree with him I just had to respect his right to choose but I understood and we're talking about prodigal sons and prodigal daughters who get that age they think they're grown they want to go experiment out there in the world to find out it ain't really what it looks like you know and then you got those immature mature Christians so those are our target audience man and, and, and it's sad to say that some of them are full grown people some of them are in positions of authority in the church outside the church in politics you know, CEOs, business owners, entrepreneurs, you got it at every level, man, amen. And, but still, yet, at the end of the day, we know that the Lord died for those souls too. All those souls, all those lives matter. And since we've been talking about black lives matter, coronavirus matters, all politics matter, education matter, religion matters, government matters, everything matters. And we have to have a mind that rises above all those things that matter. You know, there are more things that, that are more important right now than how we live in. We got to rise to that occasion because only what we do for the Lord is what really matters at the end of the day. And that's what brought us to where we at right now. Uh, preached yesterday, taught yesterday on that, you know. But, Pastor, where do we go from here? What do we need to do? Well, the Lord began to talk to me the other day about, and some of you heard the testimony yesterday morning, yesterday at 11 o'clock, that we talked about that, was that God's mind is the only mind that is above everything that matters to us down here below. We talked about we're living under the sun so that one day we'll live above the sun in that heavenly place that he's going to create. And we're talking about spiritual levels here, not physical levels, okay? Uh, so we're living uh, by the Spirit here under the sun, and we're going to live by the Spirit one day above the sun. Amen. When this sun right here goes down and heaven and earth pass away, and God is going to come in and create a whole new heaven and earth for us to live in, well, guess what? The Word of God is what, is what sheds light on that and brings us to that place. And so we got to stand on that Word, build on that Word, hope on that Word. And that's where the mind of God comes in. The wisdom of God is the mind of God. The Bible is the mind of God, scripted on pages as logos. And we take it off the page when we read it and we put it in our hearts and we renew our mind with it. And it becomes rhema. It takes this, it's a living word in. And we know Jesus was that living word of God. But we got to have the mind of God in our mind. Our thoughts got to agree with that mind. We got to let that mind, according to the book of Philippians, chapter 5. Uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 5 of the King James Bible, we have to let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in us. And every time we gather and take this word, we're getting a little bit more of his mind. We're taking on a little bit more of his mind. And before you know it, our mind will totally be renewed to the things of God. Now we're walking in the mind of Christ. We're walking in the thoughts of Christ. We're doing the will of God. It becomes natural at a certain point because we mature to that level. You know, so don't think for a minute you gathering is in vain. No, you're being transformed into somebody. You're being shaped and molded into somebody. You know, the Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, the King James Bible, as he is, so are we in the earth. So we're going to be under the sun like Christ, creating the image and likeness, being restored back to what we were created 
to have the potential to be who he created us to be, do what he created us to do, and have and possess what he created us to have and to possess. That's where we're on our way to. And we've got to have God's mind uh, over everything else that matters under the sun. Amen. Because that's the only thing that's going to count in the end anyway. And as we've learned from some of our teachers, as we start right there with that word and go through with that word, we'll come out with that word. And then we'll be just like him because we'll see him the way he is, you know, because we'll be like him. Amen. And so let's pray, man, and get into this word this morning. Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our death, our daily bread. Give us. Father, we just thank you this morning. We praise you this morning in the name of Jesus, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Thank you for delivering us from evil, Lord God. And we just, oh my God. We just give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor. And, and Holy Ghost, we just ask you right now to just have your way in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen and amen. So I went down my throat, damn it. That's all right. We good. Amen. A lot of things going on this morning. I say it. Enemy must don't want us to hear this word this morning, but we all good. We all good. All right, then. So we want to pick up this discussion this <clears throat> pick up this discussion this morning. Amen. Uh, we ended yesterday's session talking about God's mind over matter. And we stopped in the book of Ezekiel. I think the last verse we read was the book of Ezekiel, uh, verses 8 uh, through chapter 8, verses 3 through 8, and then verses 10 through 18, the King James Bible. And uh, we transitioned. And again, we're talking about the mind of God or God's mind over matters. Anything that matters, God's mind is over that. God's thoughts are higher than that. And that's where we ended yesterday. And so this morning we want to pick up this discussion because we started this off over in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 6, the first time we met, and then verses uh, 7 through 14 yesterday. And then we ended, like I said, out of the book of Ezekiel. I want to pick up today and talk about, you know, same topic, same thing, God's mind over matter. And it says and the scripture has several things to say about the mind. We know that, okay? Uh, we learned from scripture yesterday that, you know, that we can let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in us. And we know what that mind is. That mind is so full of infinite wisdom. Uh, you know, thoughts are totally different than our thoughts. It's far from each other, the east from the west, the north from the south. You know, such knowledge is just so high for us, man. We can't comprehend it with this little natural mind. But we can believe what God is saying to us, that that's his mind. That's his thoughts when we read it. We look at it. We see it. We perceive it. We, we're persuaded by it. Amen. And this is how we're going to let uh, his mind be in us. Amen. The more we learn of him, the more his uh, our mind becomes transformed into his mind or his thoughts, amen. We'll never have the mind of Christ really in totality, but we'll get so close, man, as close as God would allow us to get, and that's good enough for us. So that way we start thinking the way we want things to be. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 7, the King James Bible, it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we got to have our hearts transformed to the, to the way of, of, of thinking like God, amen, in every situation and circumstances. And hopefully, you know, uh, after, you know, Jesus comes and, re and, and receives us, man, we will really be like him because everything would have been um, finished, the work he started, according to the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. 
we would have perfect fellowship, fellowship with our Savior and with each other. Why? Because we'll all be transformed into new bodies and a new place. I love it, man. Just the thought of it does something for my mind. Amen. Thinking like God, you know, that's what we're doing. And so it says here, you know, that uh, that are all scripture has several things to say about the mind. We want to know about that because that's God's mind and his thoughts on these pages, this logo, this written word. We get ready to take it off these pages and, and let it transform into a rhema word, which is a living word. And we know Jesus is that living word. So we're getting ready, man, to take Jesus off these pages, man, and put him in our minds and put him in our hearts and, and, and you know, and meditate on his thoughts right now, read his thoughts right now. We're going to study his thoughts right now. As work men and women need not be ashamed with rightly man dividing this word this morning so that we can be more like Christ. And it says, first, the Bible says that the mind is naturally in enmity with God. And so right now, until we learn all we can learn and our minds are transformed, right now, most of our thoughts are against God because we don't know everything yet. So we still might be doing some things, not intentionally, until we learn more things, we're not going to be able to do more things. And so it still remains enmity between God. But as we begin to renew our minds and transform our minds, before you know it, we become more pleasing to God. There's no way around that. Don't think for one minute right now with our filthy rag cells that we can please God. We do the very best we can with the help of God right now. And it's not for mercy that you every morning and grace that's sufficient for us. We have no other way to please God. That is why it's so important, man, to get in his word and let God approve of us as we're studying his word, you know, as we're reading his word. And don't let this be the only time you do it. you got to remember, we are still the clay, and he's still the potter, and we're still on the potter's wheel. Life for us Christians is a potter's wheel. That's why we talk so much about the immature and the mature. None of us have arrived yet. You know, nobody yet is an island. That we're still growing, we're still learning. When we seek to do that, we're going to be ready to die. And I'm not ready to die yet when God has called me to live, you know, and not die so I can continue to declare this good news to people. That's, that's what it's about right now. This is all our common mission. We share this together so we can grow together. Amen. So we can be built up and build each other up together so that we can, you know, be, be mature together, become mature together. Hopefully we'll all get there together. Amen. And we stay the course. You know, and don't throw in the towel and give up and try to pull a Jeremiah on us. You just can't do it. You know, I believe some of us, God called us from our mother's womb. You know, I believe I'm chosen by God. I believe you're chosen by God. I believe we make up the chosen generation. I believe that, you know, that royal priesthood, that holy nation under God, you know, that that, that distinguished people from everybody else, just like he chose uh, Israel, chose them to be those people. But they failed him. They rejected him. They didn't want to be like him, you know. But he said, okay, go offer the opportunity and the chance to the, to the Gentiles. And here we are. And we'll take full advantage of it because our minds are enmity with God, between God, you know. But God has a way of fashioning, molding, shaping us, and making us like we're supposed to be. And that's what we're doing right now. We're being sharpened, you know. We're being, Bible the iron sharpens iron. We're sharpening each other. We're making each other better as God make all of us better. You know, this is a corporate gathering. We're doing this together. We're one body, many members, one spirit, one faith, one baptism, you know, one God, you know. And all of us are supplying something to the body, to our very own existence, so that this body of believers gathered can edify itself in love. That's the, that's the, that's the greatest thing it is right there. 
you know, that spiritual harmony, that love, you know, unconditional, you know, where I love you in spite of yourself, you love me in spite of ourselves, and together we all love God because God loved us first. And so that's what it's all about. And so that mind, and, and that's and, and don't freak out about that, that our minds right now, our minds are in development, our hearts are in development, you know, our hearts are desperately wicked according to the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, uh, I want to say verse 9. But that's okay. It can be changed. I put more word in there and hide more word in there. And I'm telling you, man, God is creating me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. And that's what's taking place. Notice he said, creating me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. That's what David said in the book of Psalm 51. Uh, you know, he wanted to have that clean heart. He wanted to have his spirit renewed. And that's where we're at. And remember now, David was a man after God's own heart. You mean he had them kind of problems, Pastor? Oh, yeah, he understood, you know. Without God, you can do nothing. But with God, you can do all things. He understood that, you know. He understood that. He understood that the Creator is the one that can create in us what he wants in us. He's the one that can renew in us what he wants to renew in us. And so that's what it's all about. So let's go a little further here in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. The King James Bible puts it this way. It says, but they that are after the flesh, listen to this now, hear that mind go, do mind the things of the flesh. In other words, our minds are always focused on pleasing this flesh, those useful, lustful desires, you know. You know, our minds are always there. And without the word of God having renewed our minds in certain areas, I'm here to tell you flesh would take over like it did before when it, when it, when it dominated us before we got saved, you know. Before we got saved and delivered and that dominion was broken, and our minds changed the way we thought about God. We thought about him as a savior, and we wanted him to save us. And we did what we were supposed to do, confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, and we got saved. And as we did that, we started renewing our minds. We started getting converted by the word of God. And now here we are today. We matured. You know, we've grown a lot. We've matured a lot, but we still have a ways to go. You know, we're not there yet. And so he says, you know, that things say, you know, these are things that, that um, are of the flesh still that we're dealing with, we're battling with. Amen. We're not giving into it. The flesh don't don't don't, don't uh, dominate us anymore. We we're not able to discern between what is right and wrong. And we know when it's the lust of the eye, the pride of life, you know, the lust of the flesh. We know when those things come. We are able to discern those things not because we ask God, and so we don't walk after them. But we have to deal with them. And it's not for anybody to hang their head and feel ashamed. Why? God mind is over everything that matters under the sun. Amen. And it says, but they that are after the spirit, and that's a capital S in my Bible, the King James Bible, after the spirit. Notice now, they that are after the spirit. Amen. We don't we don't love Egypt. Okay, we're after the promised land now. And the promise of the Father was he would send his spirit. And so we're after what God promised us now. Notice what he said. You haven't gotten there all the way yet. There's more to be learned from him, but we are still after him. We're still chasing after him, and we're going to keep on and endure all the way to the end with fear and trembling, chasing after him. We're not going to get in front of him. We're going to always chase after him because he's good at leading. He's good at guiding us to the promised land to where God is trying to get us to, but we will have that complete, perfect fellowship with God in the end. Come on, y'all. We're going to see him the way he is. Does not yet appear what we're going to be, but this one thing we do know, that when he shall appear, we're going to see him the way he is. Pastor, how can that be possible? Because we're going to see him the way he is, because we're going to be just like him. 
That's what he promised us over in the book of uh, 3 John chapter 2, uh, chapter 1. Amen. And so let's go ahead and get a little bit more of this. Now, it says the spirit, the thing of the spirit. Okay, now we're chasing after the spirit. We're after the spirit for the things of the spirit. God's mind is more spiritual than it is anything else. Now, he sent his son Jesus to live here on this earth for about, you know, 33 and a half years as a human being, as a man. Okay, so you got that little, that little break and that little gap right there where God became a, a, a man through his son Jesus. Okay? And, and all the other times, throughout eternity from beginning to end and, 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 and for us here on the earth and beyond that, God is all spirit. He's all spirit. His mind is all spiritual. You know? And so we got to perceive that about God. Only that little 33 and a, and a half year gap right there. That's the only time you'll see any anything uh, natural or, or physical about God. And it was Jesus. He said, when you see me, you see the Father. And that was it. They got a chance to see the Father in living flesh. And that was it. Anytime else you see God, you got to see him by the spirit and in the spirit because he's the spirit and they that worship him. In other words, they that worship him through serving him and, 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 and you know, learning about him have to do it by the spirit. Anything else is carnal. You know, and a carnal mind cannot discern the things of the spirit. But you got to see God that way. You got to have his spirit to be able to envision him that way and understand him that way. And you do that by receiving his spirit and then walking after the leading and guiding of his spirit, not the human spirit, but God's spirit. Okay? And then spirit after spirit. Then he says, but to be carnally minded is death. Okay? It's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's what God has planned and designed for us. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Watch those carnal thoughts, okay? Don't be snared by the words of your mouth or taken by the words of your mouth. Be very guarded, very careful when you say something, especially when it pertains to God, life and godliness, things that God has is, is said. Be very careful. Don't add nothing to it. Don't take nothing from it. If God said it a certain way, you say it a certain way. Put him in remembrance of what he said, and he will watch over and perform what he said. Okay, don't add nothing to it. Don't take that chance. Don't take that risk. And don't make the common mistake that a lot of mature Christians make. God, you know what's in my heart. You know what was in my heart. God, you know what I'm talking about. God, you understand. God, you know. You knew. You know. Don't get into that that kind of temptation with God, because God cannot be tempted, nor does He tempt anybody, nor is He tempted by evil. You know that woe is me stuff to God, man, is not putting God in remembrance of His word. Take some time. If you know you're sick. Everybody, I believe, and heard this scripture enough that they know the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 3 through 5, in essence says, with his stripes, I'm healed. I think everybody knows that. But do you know where that comes from? Do you know the history behind that? Do you know why that was prophesied by Isaiah 2,750 years before Jesus showed up on this earth? You know, it was that God knew. He's so wise. His mind was already thinking completely orderly ahead of time before sickness ever showed up like that, that you were going to need to be here. And he went ahead on and had the prophet to prophesy because he knew there were going to be people that were going to do things to abuse their body, hurt their body. He knew that there wouldn't be enough doctors with enough knowledge and smart men to know, this, to know the anatomy of this body to be able to heal this body, only could diagnose the symptom and treat it. And so he went ahead on and declared supernaturally, you know, that you can be healed, you know. You know, he said, with my stripe, he was, Jesus was going to be wounded, physically wounded, but physical healing shed his blood to 
take care of the healing from sin, washing away sins, remitting those sins, cleansing those sins. That's like spiritual death. You know, sin, the way to sin is death, the gift of God's eternal life. See how the mind of God works. He perceives all these things ahead of time, and it's so orderly that you have to just follow follow what God is saying, man. I'm telling you, it is power. You start to see things, man. He as you follow Him, He enlightens you. He shares secrets. He shares mysteries. He unveils things. He gives you revelation, and He gives you knowledge to be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong. And that's that's pure wisdom right there. And that's why you can't add nothing to it or take nothing from it. It's so pure, you know, you, you, you have to treat it that way. It's so holy. It's so sacred. Everybody don't get that. Don't get what you get. You know, some people get that tradition of men, that philosophy. They treat it like it's holy. They treat it like it's sacred. They treat it like it's the mind of God. No, he said, that's what makes the glory of God. No effect. That's not my mind. That's man's understanding. You know, that's his book. That ain't my book. My book is the Holy Bible, the sacred scripture. The inspired word of God, the infallible, authentic word of truth. That's my mind. Those are my thoughts. And when you look into that perfect law of liberty, because it has a perfect liberty that's assigned to it. My thoughts are perfect and free in you. And I want you to know the truth because of the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32. I want you, I will you know the truth. And I want that truth to make you free. I pray to the Father. Everybody that you have given me, Father, that you would sanctify them with thy word. For thy word is truth in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17 of the King James Bible, as Jesus prayed. He did not want to make a mistake that those disciples, those 12 apostles originally that God had given him, who had witnessed him, who had been with him, who had been taught by him, he did not want to make a mistake of leaving them in the hands, man, of the folly, of the foolishness of the world. He had delivered them from that. He had brought them away from that. Now he had the responsibility to teach them about the kingdom of his father. And they had been with them, and they had seen, and they had heard, and they had been taught, and they had followed him. Now it was time for him to depart. And he said, the best thing I can do for you is pray for you that the father will continue to sanctify you with my word, you know, which is true. And so, you know, that mind, man, you know, Christ, man, is, is, is powerful. You know, we got to let that mind be also in us. They didn't perceive it all. They didn't understand it all. But I'm telling you, they did hear it. And so once he left and the Holy Ghost came and the angels spoke to them, wonder why you standing out here, standing out here watching him ascend. Same way you see him ascend, you're going to see him be standing. He's coming back that way. Go back into Jerusalem. Go up into the upper room where y'all used to fellowship. Stay there 10 or 12 days, however long it takes, until you're being due with power from on high. The promise of the Father is coming. Once you receive him, now you will be able, you know, to go after the spirit by the spirit, you know, the things of the spirit. All right, God, you know, deliverance from that carnal mind, that way of that carnal way of thinking, you know, you know, and, you know, he says, you know, uh, it brings peace and life because the carnal mind is enmity against God. He said, for it is not subject to the law of God. Got to be changed before it can line up. Got to be changed before it can. You know, it can, it, can, it can follow after. And that's what we do with the Word. We renew our minds by the Word of God. And he goes on to say that, you know, neither indeed can be by itself. It's got to be changed by the power of God. His mind got to come in. And he says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You no know, flesh can glory in his presence. No flesh can please him. You know, that's all in the book of Romans, chapter 8. Verses 5 through 8 of the King James Bible. That's a very powerful chapter. It's sort of like Proverbs 8, Pastor Sharon, chapter.
word of God just covers everything pertaining to life and godliness for us. Amen. Then it goes on to say, a person's mind is against God. Now, that is not to, you know, call anybody out, but this is this is what the word just got to teaching us, that our mind, a person's mind, until it is changed and renewed by God and continuously uh, being renewed every day, not a one-time thing, it's the rest of our life thing, you know, constantly, constantly, over and over again, okay? But we're being fashioned, we're being molded, we're being shaped, we're getting back to the original uh, creation. Original way God made us in the book of Genesis 1, Genesis 2, when he said it's good, he looked at us and said it's good, our minds were good, everything was good, we were in the image and light of Christ, we had no ability to think outside of that, all we knew was God, but in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was God, and he created man in his image and likeness, you know, and spoke, it's good, you know, round about chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, chapter 15, the serpent came in and disrupted all of that, broke that perfect life, broke that perfect relationship. And it had to be redeemed and reconciled. And we needed the mind of God to come in and do that. You know? And he did by the second man, Adam, who did the sin. And he goes on to say, the apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians that before they came to Christ, they were alienated and enemies in their minds to all things relating to the knowledge of God. Because when you look, look at the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, there's no what it says there. It says because of sin, you gotta put blame where blame is due. Because of sin, the original sin of Adam and Eve in the garden, everybody that was born after that, sin was imputed to them. And we so we all were born, came here with a sinful nature. But the second man, Adam, came with the mind of God and told us how we could get it right. That's with the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead. Believe that God so loved the world that he gave his own God's son who could believe him to not perish but have everlasting life, you know, saved by grace through faith, the gift from God, not of not of ourselves, that any man should boast, you know. So he came and, and with the mind of God and say, Hey, here's how we can reconcile you back to God. Here's how we can fix what's broken. Here's how we can gain back what was lost through sin in the garden. That 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 awful choice they made, you know, separated from God, you know, just for a second. Separated from God. And it, you see how much stuff can happen when you miss church one time or when you don't miss the, getting on the prayer culture one time. You see what the possibility can happen. They were separated from God in the garden just for a little bit. And before you know it, they went over there, man, and serpent deceived them and they ate that fruit, that forbidden fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord told them, surely you're going to die if you do. Just that quick, man. They lost the mind of God and gain the mind of the lust of the eye you know, and, and, and that that folly, that foolishness, that Satan began to talk to them, took the word and twisted it just a little bit. Sure that God didn't mean that. That's not what he was. All that good-looking fruit, you sure? You know, that's just like that. Lost the mind of God in perfect unity with God. Just just got that there in the garden and told you can enjoy everything out there. That the program. That was the mind of God right there, over that matter, over that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told them, "I have set you right here. I've set just like He says in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter thirty, verse nineteen, King James Bible. I have set the day called heaven and earth to witness against you that I have set before you life and death. Now choose ye life that you might live. Not only you, but your seed and your seed seed for eternity and past." Just like he set it up for them, and they made the wrong choice. He set it for us today and will continue 
Amen. In Kenya, until he's satisfied. You know, he's begun that way. Then he goes on to say here, he says, and you, all in the side, he says, and you, this is in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 21, the King James Bible, through verse 23, he says, and you, that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, we ain't always been saved, yet now have he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you, those of you still a work in progress, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye okay, continue in the faith, I told you it ain't there yet. We're still working on it, but we got to continue in the faith. And we know faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, the King James Bible. If you continue in the faith that, that you gain from the word, ground it and settle and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under the heaven, living that life under the sun, right here on earth, man, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. We're made pastors, y'all. Just like Paul was made a minister, we're made ministers. We're made ministers. Okay, we didn't buy no certificate. We didn't go pay nobody to ordain us. We didn't get ordained by no brotherhood and all that stuff. We didn't get appointed by no worshipful master. We got called by God and appointed and sent out by God. You know, you know, because all that other stuff is foolishness to God. But Paul said, I've been made a minister by Jesus Christ. We've been made a minister. We've been made pastor. You know, pastor Sherry, myself, Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, Minister Smith, Minister Betty. You know, we've been made this way by God. And this is why we're so passionate about it. Because God made us this way. And if you got a problem with who God chose to, to be doing this right now, you got to take that up with God. I didn't choose myself. God did. I didn't want to do this. But when he changed my mind, I couldn't think of doing nothing else. Pastors, and I know they feel the same way. You know, So we're, we're all one body, you know, one spirit, one faith, one baptism. Our mission is the same. Even though we have our own different individual personalities, but you have to talk to God about how he unique to fit to join all that together and how he uses it the way he used it, and he's not stripping any of us of who we are. You know, he's just using us, you know, as he sees fit to use us. It's unique. It's wonderful. It's magnificent. How in the world could that be? Some things are just possible with God, and you just have to accept them and leave them alone. Don't put your mouth on it. You know, don't touch God's anointing. Don't do his prophet no harm. God, I, I, I feel you. And so that's what he's saying right there, Paul, and made a minister. Paul ended up with God's mind, you know, and so he couldn't help himself. God's mind was overmatter, and Paul knew that. So he couldn't help himself, but he wanted to go tell everybody else about it, you know. Yeah, my, you know, my mind only gets me so far. And Paul said, you know, I persecuted St. Caesar, gave me permission. I was doing what my mind told me, man, hey, it matters to Caesar, so I got to go out here, man, and shut him down by talking to Jesus. But something happened to Paul on the road to the map. Paul ended up hearing the thoughts of God. Paul, Paul, why persecuted thou me? Paul, like, wow, I never heard God speak before. Now I've heard him. Go into town, Paul, and see a man named Ananias. He's going to help you. He's going to tell you what to do. Now Ananias already had the mind of Christ. Went there, man, and the man of God ministered to him, laid hands on him. Paul got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The mind of God came in and took over his mind. Now he could think rationally. Now he could think spiritually. Now he could discern the things spiritually that he had been doing wrong. 
turned him around just like that. Now he went out evangelizing. Now he went out, man, trying to help others find get renewed. Look at what he just said to us right here. So it's right there. Such a mind will not obey the law of God. Okay? You may say you believe in God, you know, someone out there that's listening. You may say you love God, someone out there that's listening, but you don't obey God. How can that be? Say you know him, you say you love him, but you don't fully obey him. You know, you know. Some people live as an atheist. How can that be? How can somebody deny God? How can someone really justify being an atheist that, that don't believe in any God? You know, you know it's, their, it's their right to choose to do that, and we we support that. We agree with that. But I'm just asking myself a question: How? You know, only God knows how. You know, because their minds have not been renewed. Their minds are enmity against God. We understand that. Scripture already enlightened us, so we don't have to really worry about or feel bad about atheists. Think about an atheist, they're a soul. You know, think about think about, you know, some somebody that do idol worship. They still a soul in the eyes of God. God is still believing that they can be saved one day. And so we will believe to the end too. You know. Not a, it doesn't matter right now so much because where they're at right now. Because God knows more than we do where they're at. God knows where they're gonna end up at too. You know, and our job is right now to, is to continue, man, to, to let the mind of Christ grow in us that we'll understand the passion and the love of God for those souls out there right now that reject him and deny him. The sad thing is, if they're like in that way, if Christ comes tomorrow, we know kind of much based on the scripture where they're going to spend eternity. And that's the sad thing right there, to have the mind of God to know that about the situation. You know, sometimes it's more troubling to know that if they don't get saved like now, they might spend eternity, you know, separated from God. I'm not going to send them to hell and condemn them, but the scripture says you already condemned if you don't. I didn't say that, so I don't have to condemn you. The scripture condemns you if you don't. If you don't receive life now, if you don't receive eternal life, you already condemned. If you don't believe in him, if you don't confess him, you have already condemned yourself. We didn't do it. The world did it. Because you chose the foolishness of the world. You chose your legal right to be able to disagree or to say no or to choose your freedom of speech. But there was a greater consequence and a greater price to be paid. You need to get on the level with God's mind and God's thoughts. You know, he, he has the final say. That's what his mind is about. So let's go a little further here uh, in the book of Galatians. It says this. It says the works of the flesh are listed in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And a lot of us know them. It said... Um, let me just let me just let me just read these right here because we know these, uh, you know. And it goes on to say, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are the adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, licentiousness, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of these, which I tell you before, as I have also told you in in times past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And so think about the mind of God now in Paul. This is the same Paul that was Saul had his name changed. He didn't only get his name changed, he got his life changed. He went from his mind over matter to God's mind over matter. Just that quick, man. Holy Ghost was the difference maker. And look at what Paul is saying. God has a mind against all of these things of the flesh. There it is right there. He calls them out, and he tells you, man, of anyone who's operating in this foolishness, 
and this folly and this mindset, calling right, wrong, and wrong, right, ignoring that these are works of the flesh, spelled out clearly and plainly, you know, you know, you know, you know, they talk about the mind. And when you follow your own wrong mind, okay, your life will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritualism, you know, spirit, want to spiritualize everything. That is encouraging the activity of demons. That's all it's doing. Hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger arise. Constant effort to get the best for yourself and, and complain about everybody else. Complaints and criticism. The feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group. And there will be wrong doctrines established. Envy will come. More murder. Drunkenness. Parties, wild parties. They're fearing right now that when they open up this thing and told people to go back, they went to the club, they started having private parties, house parties, and people are dying at these places. People are getting infected. Wild parties lead to that. You know? And all that, these types of things begin to take place. And Paul just went on to say, also told you in the past, and he told you right there in the past about these works of the flesh, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the tragedy. And if you continue without repentance, I'm getting ready to close now. If we continue in these situations without repentance, and I'm talking to anyone out there who falls in that category, and there are many people out there who fall in that category, don't have God's mind over these matters. And people are actually dying out here, getting infected out here, 70,000 plus right now. And most of it, they say, is attributed to the fact that they started having wild parties, they start gathering in groups of more than 10 people. They start getting close to each other, wasn't practicing social gathering. I believe that it went a lot deeper than that. I believe that that's, that's a natural thing that they did to bring it about. But I believe that there was also some spiritual devastation that took place. You know, they had the inability to protect themselves spiritually, you know, because they were in sin. These were perfect platforms for sin to take place. And we know the wages of sin, according to the book of Romans, chapter 3 and chapter 6, talks about, you know, the wages of sin is death, the gift of God, eternal life. You know, you got to have a mind to be able to choose. Either or, it doesn't matter. As long as your mind, okay, is renewed, you'll choose the right path every time. You'll choose the, the fruit of the spirit route versus, the, the, the you know, the, the work of the flesh. Of the flesh. You know, just that, just that something. We don't make it hard, any harder than what it is. And said, but if you continue without repentance, the scripture says that God will eventually give you over to a reprobate mind, not the mind of God, not a renewed mind, but the, a reprobate mind. You know, says that in the book of Romans, chapter uh, 1, verse 28, the King James Bible, to do those things which are not right. Now is the chance you have to get to marriage to do those things that are right. Get God's mind about it over matter. We know that that first chapter of the book of Romans, we know what it deals with. It deals with men and women leaving the natural use of their bodies. You know, man's body was created to be able to reproduce, uh, have a, give a seed, provide it to a sperm to reproduce after their own kind. You know, you can't do that with another man or woman with another woman. That's going against the natural use of your body. And God said, if you keep on down that path, I'm just going to turn you over to a reprobate mind, and you will never be able to get it right. Now, it's the only one that you get. And we got to say it like that because that's what the words say. I ain't mad at no homosexual. I ain't mad at no lesbian. Your right to choose, just like Adam and Eve had the right to choose. But I'm here to tell you as a preacher, as a minister of the gospel, 
I got to tell you the truth or the truth can make you free. If there's any chance of you being free, the truth is going to do it. And that's what the word is. Okay, last uh, last passage here for the morning is going to come out of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, the King James Bible. And it says this, the word reprobate carries with it the idea of having been rejected. What a terrible thing it would be to be rejected by God. That's the tragedy right there. There were many people who followed Christ in his day while he was on the earth, but the Bible says he saw their heart, he saw their mind, and what they were thinking, and he rejected them just like he's doing it right now. You can't backdoor God, you can't sneak in on God. You got to come one way, and that's Jesus. The book of John, chapter 14, verse 6, King James Bible to Jesus. Jesus said this, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except by me. Anybody else try to come in the other way, they come as a thief and a robber. And we know what's going to happen to a thief and a robber. There is a point beyond which you cannot return. Just read that. Where your heart is so hard that you can no longer hear the Holy Spirit. Your mind is so hardened that it becomes reprobate. And the Bible warns against having this kind of mind. Second. The Bible says that you can have a blinded mind. A lot of people out there are blinded by Black Lives Matter and, and, and all these other things that matter. They're making them more important than what matters. Only what to do for the Lord. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded. That's in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 40, King James Bible. If our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Again, that's in the second book of Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 40, King James Bible. And so we're going to end right there this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for your word this morning. We thank and praise you this morning that the saints of God have had a chance, Lord God, to hear more about God's mind over matters that we deal with under the sun. We thank you, Father, and we praise you for knowing the truth this morning. We thank and praise you that we have the truth that we can share with others that they may know the truth because you want everybody out there that's listening right now, whether they're lost right now, whether they're back then right now, whether they're a prodigal son or daughter, immature or mature right now, atheist right now, man or woman right now, homosexual, lesbian right now, God, whatever the case might be, Buddhist, Lord God, whatever the case might be, your gospel message is a universal message. And Father, they stand on the brink of being rejected by you because you could appear suddenly tomorrow. And Father, we don't know today where we're going to spend eternity. And I'm praying that even right now, Lord God, that there will be a, an eternal uh, message that will reach the hearts of all those that are out there listening right now on the receiving end of this, as they'll begin today to make a change that will cause them to begin today, Lord, the day of salvation be today, Lord God, that they'll begin to live their life in light of eternity because we know what life is. It is like a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. And so, Father, we're praying that you open up windows of opportunity for salvation to just flood these places right now, where there's lost souls, God, where there's those that are that are wavering right now and their faith torn between two opinions right now, left church right now, and Lord, uh, shame and embarrassed, Lord God, by some of the things, oh God, that they've done, Lord God, they've fallen to the to the pig pens of life out there, just drained the hope out of them, 
God, that they were praying in the name of Jesus, that this word was published and proclaimed and went forth, that it is yet falling on good ground, and it's, and, and it's not returning to you, Lord, until the due to plead in the purpose for which you sent it. We know that right now someone is being delivered from destruction because they've heard your word. Someone right now is pulling themselves up out of the big pens of life, and they're making intelligent decisions that I'm going back to my first love. We thank you for that backside of right now that's coming back and apologizing, Lord God, and making it right with God. We thank you right now, Lord God. That immature Christian that's realizing from hearing this word right now, there's so much more that we have to learn that we don't know. And if I ever plan to be useful to God, I've got to learn what his mind is about. i got to let my thoughts come in agreement with his will. i got to turn this thing around and write this ship called life and head toward God. It's not enough to be on the highways of life, Father. we got to make sure we're on the one that leads from earth to glory. And we got to be pure and holy and sanctified and consecrated and set apart by your word, Lord God. So this morning, we received the mind of Christ this morning for our lost family members, for our lost friends, our lost co-workers. We even pray this morning for the government officials right now that are going in a, in a different way, God. We pray that they will be rescued by the word of God, by the spirit of God, before they get turned over to a reprobate mind, a place of no return. And so, Father, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that those clergy, those ministers, those that are out there, Lord God, abusing the privilege it is to be a minister, called of God and consecrated and separate, that's preaching a watered-down traditional message, Lord God, that is still leaving the sheep, Lord God, unfed, unnourished, Lord God. And so, Father, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that they'll take their Bibles, Lord God, and read and study the Word of God that shows themselves approved as workmen unto you, that when they stand the minister, they'll trust the gospel because it is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall hear it. But how can they hear it? Well, God, how can they believe it except they hear it? And how can they hear it except they'll be a preacher? And so, Father, we're praying right now. We take on the mind of Christ. Let it be in us, Lord, that we would do your will, God, as you desire, mature, Lord God. And, Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that this word you gave this morning, let it fall on good ground. Let it continue to go forth. Let it speak even after we close down this call. God, we give you all the praise. Honor your word, Father. We put you in remembrance of it this morning. And we believe right now, we believe right now that your word is working right now. It's working your plan. It's working your purpose. You created this platform. And God, we ask you to use it this morning for your glory this morning. Thank you for using us this morning to be voices that proclaim and declare the good news of the gospel. So, Father, our aim and goal is to please you by preaching the good news of the gospel. And so we thank you for it and we praise you for it this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. Going to stop right there because I got somebody right now making a lot of noise. All right, then. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I finished this morning. I got it in this morning as much as I could with the time I had. Amen. All right, then. We're going to end right there. Amen. And open up the line this morning. Um, have our pastors this morning, Pastor Eric, Pastor David.